Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao, in India, Namaste, in Japan, Konnichiwa, in Korea, Annyeonghaseyo, in Russia, Zdrastutsye, in Germany, Guten Tag, in Poland, Dzień Dobry, in France, bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, aten wasalan. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, saubona. In Senegal, nangadef. In Kenya, jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, assalamu alaikum. Greetings. And may peace be upon you all. Welcome, welcome to Health and Well-Being with Viada. We've got a lot of information to share with you about moving from parenthood to partnership. And it starts really up here when we get notified that first moment that we're pregnant. And I say we because the father and the mother come into this partnership to support one another. We're talking healthy relationships today, parenthood, male, female, parenthood. And yesterday I'm, I was motivated to um, bring this topic by two friends of, or a friend of mine and yesterday show uh, Soulful Solutions by Dr. Debbie Green. Dr. Debbie Green, if you missed the show, was uh, discussing the uh, mortality rate uh, for women in pregnancy and uh, for women in general. And I thought, wow, we, we need to bring more solutions. And I'm going to share lots of solutions for you. If you have experienced or if you know of people who have had uh, – suffering in their pregnancy or their birth or postpartum, or especially being a parent. 
And for me, I'm sharing with you uh, this morning my own personal experience. I am now a grandmother of uh, two beautiful souls, seven and nine-year-olds. And having gone through all the stages of parenthood, I really have um, learned so much about having peace, joy, and health in my elderly years. So that's what I want to share with you today, because um, a friend of mine who's a grandmother as well was sharing about her her son, her grown adult son's lack of communication about his new wife. Now this person, the son lives in a separate state from mom, and she was very stressed about the fact that he married someone, didn't tell her he married someone, and um, then he uh, didn't talk to her hasn't talked to her for several weeks. And this is like par for the course, brothers and sisters. When you when you give birth to those babies, that's the beginning of a long journey, hopefully, of relationship challenges and role playing. Uh, so I'm giving you a playbook today for health and peace in that change, ever-changing role of parenthood. Oh, my goodness ever-changing, and then it metamorphosizes into partnership, if if you're ready. So all the, the things we're going to talk about today are suggestions for you, advice for you, opinions uh, from my own personal experience, as well as a few professionals that I want to share with you from uh, YouTube. So let us do some joint rolling first. Actually, I'm going to show you some alternatives. To joint rolling. If you've had a little challenge rolling these joints around, then I'm going to show you some other ways that you can improve your circulation and improve your immune system and um, get your, your body for all the toxins flowing and, and get all these um, areas of your body moving out toxins and, 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 um, and um, toxins and if things in your body you don't need, moving out the blood assist, moving out a decay, or just things that you don't need, basically, in the body. So let's take some deep breaths first, inhaling in through the nose, in through the nose, and exhaling out through the mouth, inhaling through the nose, out through the mouth. Inhaling, inhaling, deep inhale, deep inhale. Get that, let's get that oxygen in before we start rolling and moving our body and exhaling. <clears throat> inhaling, one more time. Big inhale, inhale, inhale. Hold it, hold it out. That belly out, blow that belly out. Inhale, inhale, expand the belly and exhale. That should give you a little bit of the uh, balance in the body when you have more oxygen in there and getting this uh, system going. Uh, we want to move all the blood and the fluids that make up the whole body system. So I'm going to put on a little music and we're going to start with rolling our head around. Get that uh, neck, get those neck muscles loosened up. Now, with time for healing, I do not own the rights to this music. 
and so I have to give that disclaimer because uh, I'm not on YouTube this morning because they canceled my account for a week because I violated some type of uh, copyright rule. Don't know what it was, but I play a lot of um, videos from YouTube. So eh, this time we're only going to have Facebook Live, and you can always call into the studio, 515-605-9325, if you want to uh, make a comment or uh, or uh, ask any questions, please call in. Or I'm on Facebook, both my pages, my personal page, Vieta or Viata and my soul purpose healing. So you got three options to listen or, or share whatever you'd like to share. So let's put on Time for Healing by The Sounds of Blackness. I don't own the rights to this music, but they gave me permission. I got permission to play their music. So I'm covered on the music side. So let us get busy rolling this head, and then we're going to roll our shoulders, and then I'm going to get on my back and show you how to alternately uh, move your circulation and get your, um, your, your blood and your immune system pumping. So time for healing. Let's do it. Treat each other, yeah. And that's the way that it's supposed to be. 
those hands together and let's give our vagus nerve a little stimulation in the back of the neck. Ooh, feels great. All the way to the toes, you should feel that movement of energy, lymphatic systems moving. Your vagus nerve uh, communicates to your microbiome and all the other parts of the body that need information from your brain. So this is a great connection back here for the brain. And then let's just give our our kidneys and adrenal glands a love pat. Give them a massage. This is where your kidneys and adrenal glands live. Pat, give them a massage, rub them. Love you, love you. Send love to those adrenal glands and kidneys. So they can continue to do the great work that they do. Love, 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 love. All right, we are ready. We're ready now to go into the studio and get lots of information on parenthood, finding peace and health as a parent and partner. Partnership, partnership. It's all about partnership. So welcome, everybody. Hope you're doing well. I've had an exciting week, just moving. I lost my car, so don't have a car right now. So I've done more walking than I've ever done in the last, what, 10 years, walking to the library, walking to the grocery store, riding my son's bike. And when he's not taking his car, I use his car, but... This week, it's been a lot of walking, so my body was a little achy at first, but uh, just a day of relaxation brought everything back into balance. So I hope you're all well out there and um, ready to learn about partnership. So yesterday on Debbie, uh, Dr. Debbie's show, Soul for Solutions, she and our executive producer, Naim Motif, were discussing the mortality rate uh, among women during pregnancy. And as a doula, oh, I felt like we have so much work to do for all the women out there who are still in childbearing years. There's so much help that's needed. Uh, that I want to introduce you to the big one of the biggest helpers in the world, even because um, this person I met this person about ten years ago. Uh, her name is Jenny Joseph, and she came here to the United States and, and particularly to Florida uh, as a midwife. And her story is so interesting because midwifery is very common in Europe, Europe and UK. Mid people use midwives all the time. In the United States, the medical system took over and pretty much just moved midwives out of the picture when it came to comes to giving birth, which is really unfortunate because you missed out on a lot of, of support and education, love and help. So I want to introduce you to Jenny Joseph. She's been on my show before, years ago. I think it was been quite a while, maybe six years ago, because I met her and I trained with her as to become a doula. And this woman is just so amazing. She actually was on, in Time Magazine's 
one of the women of the year because her heart is just so overflowing with love in this area of midwifing and helping women to have the best experience they can have when they are pregnant and carrying a child. So I want to introduce you to her so that even if you're not of childbearing age, women who might be struggling can can connect with Jenny on YouTube and even on a website. She has um, uh, her business is called Common Sense Childbirth. She owns a uh, wellness childbearing center, child health center in Orlando, Florida. But she's available uh, by phone and um, uh, on the internet. So especially on YouTube. So I want to share with you some information about Jenny. She as woman of the year. Uh, what that means. What it means to have this person in your life is just uh, a, such a blessing. Uh, and she has other, um, she has other uh, videos, so many videos. She has lots of videos on YouTube. I couldn't decide which ones um, to uh, actually share. But this one especially uh, introduces her as woman. She was one of the women of the year. And she starts out talking about how it's about self-determination and empowerment when it comes to becoming a parent and gaining the right information that will help you have a healthy pregnancy. And as a doula, I want to emphasize that partnership is the key word. You'll hear in, in the audios that I share with you or videos, you'll hear Jenny talk about partnership and support. Support is so important. And the partnership, let me just start off. My experience as a doula and as a woman who's given birth to two, at least two uh, living uh, children, I have two adult male sons now, but having given birth to two uh, babies, the importance I I bring to my doula uh, support is that it's a partnership with you, the baby, the father, and the creator. We sometimes leave those other parties out when we, as women, we think it's all about me. We, we have our egos involved as mothers when we become pregnant. It's all about me. I have to eat right. I have to do this. But really, it's a partnership with the divine energy that started the process of a baby growing in your womb. And we leave, when we leave that, that element out of divine energy, divine love, we miss out on all the support and nourishment that we get on a spiritual level. Sometimes the father is not around when women become pregnant. But let me just emphasize you're not alone when you decide to carry a child for nine months. You're not alone. The universe is cheering for you, and it's people like Jenny Joseph and her organization that can help you have a beautiful, peaceful healthy pregnancy. So let's, uh, let me introduce you to Jenny Joseph, and we will continue. Let's see, Jenny Joseph, parenting, parents, Jenny Joseph, let's see. 
pause what women need. Okay, what women need, I think that's the one. About self-determination, about empowerment. When a mother feels trusted, respected, listened to, she thrives. Can I check the baby? Yeah, can I? All right. Somebody, look at this. This is ridiculous. Somebody's foot right here. You want to feel? Come on in. Yes, please. Come feel. Come feel. Let me get you a stool because you're little. Here. I'm going to get you up on here. You good? Mm-hmm. All right, feel that there. You feel the baby's foot? Mm-hmm. Feel the baby? Less than 10% of births are delivered by midwives in the United States. So we're a long way from being where we need to be, but we must bring midwifery back. Every other country in the entire rest of the world uses midwives as the providers for normal, healthy pregnancies and births. You know, people are usually feel like it's more taboo to have birth in a birthing center than in a hospital. Um, but for me, I never really had that feeling. I felt way more comfortable um, thinking about a birth center. Honestly, my husband had worked in a baby hospital for seven or eight years, and he was not impressed with the things that he saw. He felt like a lot of women were being kind of coerced into C-sections, and they weren't given time to labor. And I know with the midwives, they give you time. They kind of let your body do do what you have to do. So that's really the main reason why I did it. So um, we call this the yellow room, obviously, but it's basically because it's so bright. And you see how the sunlight comes in, so we've got that... Real ambiance of bright and light, fresh. Midwives can improve outcomes simply by doing what midwives do. We center the mother, baby, the family. We center the community. We make it our business to make sure we are providing respectful care, that we maintain that dignity. And in doing so, we are much more able to get information that we need. Um, The people that are under that care are more compliant. The education that we share is more received. So let's talk about pregnancy guidelines and requirements. Um, Let's talk about this food avoidance list. Because I know you guys see them and and we hear about like hot candy, like hot candy. Until we grow and diversify this midwifery workforce, we won't see the results that we're looking for. I believe midwifery chose me. I organically grew into a doula. Um, As I was having my children, people would ask me, can you come to my birth? You know, you're doing this natural birth thing. And um, I would feel more comfortable if you were here. So after attending births and hearing the mother's cries for help, witnessing the maternal injustice that happens um, to women here in America, I just felt like God was really tugging on my heart to answer this call. For me, status quo is not acceptable. These statistics are not acceptable. These outcomes are horrendous and shocking, egregious. 
we we know what works. We know how easy it is, in fact, how cost-effective it is to put in place. So that's what drives me. That's what drives us all. We want to see the disparities gone. We want to see all families having access to quality, safe care. And we want to make sure that all families thrive. So that's Jenny Joseph, a midwife uh, who is uh, operating a common sense childbirth center in uh, Orlando, Florida. And I have another uh, audio for her, but I think my guest is, oh, my guest was in the studio. (laughs) I have a guest coming in who was with me on on Sunday, and she has, I think it's five children, but we're going to hear from her today about her experience raising children. But I want to just uh, let me, since she's not she's not in the studio again, let me just go ahead and play uh, Jenny uh, Joseph's philosophy of the perinatal. What is the perinatal? Perinatal pause that we need to have for. Uh, partnership, healthy partnership with women who are expecting and the consciousness, her her message is all about consciousness. And so that's where we are focusing today. And when we talk about the playbook for health and peace as a mother, as a parent, it's about moving down the field. If you think of a football field, as a journey, as a parent, it's about moving down the field and changing your role as you get closer to the goal of, say, grandparent. You know, we have we have this role we're playing from the beginning as a mother, a pregnant woman, and it's all about partnership. That's what my focus for you today is. Thinking of even while that baby's in the womb, that baby's soul is in a partnership with you now. Once you've been notified, I'm pregnant. You're pregnant. You're in a partnership with the baby's soul to grow that that uh, soul into a, a human vessel, a human being, and your partnership is also with the divine energy of the Creator. So here's just a brief message about Jenny's philosophy in the perinatal pause, why women need, why we need to have this philosophy. Here we go. My name is Jenny Joseph. I'm a midwife. I'm an activist. I fight for families. I fight for you. My new and upcoming podcast is called the perinatal pause. Perinatal means before, during, after, and in between births. The reason I chose that name is because sometimes during labor and birth, the mom and the baby, they hit a point where everything just stops, everything slows down. And when that happens, when we leave things alone and things pick back up on their own naturally and organically, eventually the baby is born. We have so many problems going on in the United States as far as birth outcomes, as far as prenatal care, postpartum care, families and communities being empowered or not around the birthing experience. In the United States, we're amongst the worst. In fact, we are the worst as far as developed nations for our birth outcomes. 
mothers and babies are suffering and dying. We have the highest rate of maternal mortality in the developed world. We have three to four times as many black and indigenous women and people dying due to childbirth reasons. Three to four times as many black and indigenous as white women are succumbing just from having a baby. So these are outrageous and egregious statistics. These are mainly from preventable causes. These deaths could be avoided. These harms could be avoided. So we want to make sure that we are addressing the root causes the reasons for these negative statistics and why they continue and in fact at this point are worsening. So whether you're on the perinatal perimeter, whether you're deep in the fray, whether you're already a provider, maybe you're pregnant or you're a parent, maybe you're planning to jump in soon or you're just thankful to be on the other side. Regardless, please join me as together we explore, discuss and communicate about this problem. Let's document our stories as well, our reflections, our triumphs and our solutions. We know and you know too whether you have a relationship to birth simply because you were born or because you are right now in the moment dealing with this issue. Birth matters and we matter and it's time to tell the truth. I want to speak with anyone who wants to speak with me. I want to share and I want to make sure we're in deep conversations about what I think is needed in America. We need a perinatal pause. So that's Jenny Joseph, and I wanted to start off this show on parenthood partnership, uh, introducing you to a woman who's like an angel on this planet and serving us in the role of a midwife, which was very common 100 years ago. That's how women... Uh, experience the birth was with a woman called a midwife back in at home basically and then in the United States guess what the medical system came in and pushed those women out for in various ways and said no uh, these women it's a medical situation these women need to be in a hospital blah 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 and here we are today reversing that because there are now, uh, I believe the numbers are in like 20,000 midwives working in the United States. So, woohoo! And women and men too. This is the first step when you become a parent in the womb, in the womb experience, uh, having a baby in you. When a man and a woman realize they're going to be parents because there's a pregnancy that has occurred. I believe your first step is to find a doula or a midwife to support you on that journey. And this is how we get rid of the statistics that women are dying at high numbers and there's a high mortality rate. We find support right off the bat. If you decide you're going to carry this pregnancy for, or for nine months and go on this journey for nine months, you need to first and foremost think about support on the journey. Even if the father is not going to be around, you still are not alone. You're not alone. Because having a child growing in your womb is a divine process. We had uh, a man, one of our callers the other day talk about, well, it's all because of the sperm that was planted that this is happening. It's all the man. It's all the man. And then on the other hand, we had a call and say, what's the mom? The mom. you got to respect the mom. It's the mom. Hey, it's a partnership. It is a partnership from the divine energy that 
allowed this birth, this pregnancy to progress to the people involved who can nourish that baby on the inside of mommy's womb versus create a hostile environment. That environment in the in, on the inside of mom is so key, as well as the external environment that that child is hearing and feeling from the people who are going to be her family. So I've got to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to take a call. I have uh, someone in the studio with press one. I want to hear from you today. I want to hear about your parenting experience. What was your role if you've been a parent? If you have adult children, we're going to talk about the need for us as parents of adult children to let go. Keywords this season, let go. Let go of the mother role, the father role, and become the spiritual partner for your adult children because we no longer can influence these adults the way we did when they were little babies and toddlers. So we'll be right back. Uh, Share your thoughts and bring your wisdom today as we seek to help men and women become better parents in this new paradigm of fourth, fifth dimension reality, at least in our mind. We'll be right back after these minutes. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly culture, world peace, restoration of light, transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve a peaceful harmony and the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. Are you constantly arguing with your spouse? Are your children misbehaving and acting out? Is someone in your family abusing drugs? Have you been the victim of domestic violence? Are you grieving over the loss of a loved one? Let us help you restore serenity to your life. At Serenity Family Social Services, we understand that good mental health is a result of emotional well-being. Our goal is to assist you and your family in removing emotional distress and restoring harmony and balance to your lives. We offer individual, couples, and family counseling. I'm Howard Williams, CEO of Serenity Family Social Services. Call us today at 312-315-4820. That's 312-315-4820. We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, 
they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. which actually are words that we can interchange as our relationship with our children changes. And I'm bringing to you my own personal experience as having raised two boys, and now I'm faced with these adult men, one who just turned 40, ah! <laughs> good for him, and one who's 30, he'll be 38. So I've been on this journey for these 40-some years, understanding, overstanding, and especially understanding my roles that have changed from being mommy, mother, uh, all the titles we get uh, when our children are young, to now partner, soul partner. I no longer influence these adult men the way I did when they were children. And that was a huge adjustment for me a couple of years ago, especially when we went through COVID, trying to convince these young men not to put uh, the poisons in their body. They did it anyway. Ah, big wake-up call for me. And then their, their habits with alcohol and so many other things, I had to really adjust my mind, my mental thoughts about what is this relationship? Can I have a healthy relationship? with these people, and it, I have the best relationship now because I'm a partner now. I'm a soul partner. I, I refuse to even think of myself as mother. They might call me mom, but I had to adjust my own thinking, my own emotions to be a soul partner with these people and realizing this is what's important, and I'm going to open up the mic, that their relationship with the creator is now the primary relationship for them. My, I had to take a back seat, <laughs> back primary relationship in my children's life. And when they started having relationships with other women, other people, blah, 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 I had to take a back seat and realize this is for all of us that as your children get older, you are not the one. You are not number one in their life anymore. The creator should be number one. And that's what we want to promote with these adult children is have a relationship with nature, have a relationship with the, the universe, the cosmic energy. That's number one relationship for your adult children. So I moved kind of fast forward from babies, partnership, and having that child growing in the womb. And then there's that in-between relationship, but we'll talk about that later. Let me go to the phones. Uh, 706-202, I believe that's our brother Kwame Sunhorse. <clears throat> Welcome, uh, my brother. How are you this new day? I'm very grateful, and thank you, Sister Viata, for rising. And, Grand you know, this is, this is a topic that's very much needed. I can say that Four of my children 
and I have seven. I have four of the children. I watch their birth. And two of my daughters, I watch their birth. And the part for it seeing that what a woman goes through when she has a vaginal birth and that whole process of seeing that life come into being because you knew it was there in the marriage and, and the relationship that the father had. I have a friend that lives in Macon, Georgia, and he and his wife, both of his children, he delivered. He was there with the midwife of the first one, <clears throat> and on the second one, he had learned enough to where he delivered his daughter. And so wow. for, a man to be able, for a man to be able to be there when to see what the woman's body does when it goes through producing that child coming forth through that, that vaginal birth, and it's it's really powerful because even in the definition I learned with my, my experience is when those contractions began, it's the beginning of the contract that that child has made in order to come forth and be here with this purpose. So, and you talked about midwifery. My, my great-grandmother, my grandfather's mother was deliverer of all my family members and so what we have is is that those women back then in the 1800s 1900s but really the whole concept of getting rid of midwives and doulas was done by marion sims with slave women marion sims is the father of obgyn and they really just took down his statues and really did dishonor him because he used slave women with no anesthesia, no sanitation for the experiment of that field of OBGYN and learning from midwives and how that because he needed to know how to better serve the European American as opposed to the African American. He used her to experiment and even the part of, you know, we've got to be able to start looking at our story because Henrietta Lacks had cancer of the womb. I think she had, uh, but anyway, her cancer is is me showing that the cell of the black woman is still alive today and has helped to create the medications needed to cure a lot of the diseases that we have had. So what we're seeing is the importance of going back, Sankofa, going back and allowing the women to do the matriarchal job of bringing forth the life. And for the father to be able to see and to cut that cord once it stops its pulsating and to honor that child in, in ceremony, bringing it forth to the community and to the family. So these are traditions that have to be looked at. Yes, we need the midwife, we need the doula, but we also need the father to see what a woman's body goes through when she's bringing forth life. Yes, it's screaming and hollering and pain and doing that, but what, you know, you're able to see and appreciate what she does in becoming a mother and you becoming a father. So I, I commend that because one, could I one last thing? When I Go came ahead. home from Vietnam, the first job that I got, I was working in housekeeping 
in Klein and Coonstead building at, at Michael Reese Hospital. I worked in labor and delivery, cleaning up the labor and delivery rooms and would have to watch every day women coming in and that process of birthing. And that, to me, was a very supportive part because I had seen so much death. To see life coming forth every day was a part of my recovery. Anyway, but I just had to share that. Okay, so I have a question for you. Do you remember if your your the mother of your children were focusing at all on communicating to that baby that was about to be coming out? Because I, I as a doula, I have found that is so key in not only helping mother get through the pain that she's experiencing, but developing the relationship uh, with mom and that soul that also wants to come out. You know, we have this idea that I'm doing all the work. It's labor for me. I got to push. I got to, you know, breathe. I got, but actually what I, as I, as I was training to be a doula, I realized that soul within you is also working with mom to come out, but we don't focus on that until we have a doula or someone point that out to us. Do you remember if you're, the women in your life were ever conscious of the baby's role yes. coming out of that and, and it was the communication during the pregnancy and communicating with that child. And I know I used to work nights and I would come home, my, my baby daughter. I would come home and every night I would play with her in, inside of her belly. I would watch you put my hand in. She would push with her feet or her hands, and she knew I was there. She would she sleep all day, but when I came night, she would wake up. And that communication with her and I is still here. But the other part with her seeing those women come out, coming out, watching those children come out of those women, and the communication that they had with that child was very important. Yes, they were going through pains, but being there with them in support helped to say that come on, we're gonna get we gonna let this child come out. It's a do it's a partnership and being able to be there with her, hold her hand, do whatever it is necessary to help her push her forward, you know, and, and those contractions, that's why I say is is when they contraction because the child turns and it's on its way out. Struggle is the what Milana Karinga says is struggle is the highest form of education. They call that birth. We struggle to come out of that birth canal, not to be cut out of our mother, but to come through that birth canal because in coming through that birth canal, you are giving, you're giving a, a, a coating which absorbs into that child's body as part of its first immune system. Then it's laid on the mother's breast and then it begins to nurture to continue that immune system she secretes the necessary uh fluids to cover that child and make that child protected when it comes into the to the world you're not supposed to grab it and do all the things that they do in delivery rooms and that's not the part that child is supposed to lay there and allow that that absorption to happen to its body in order to help protect it as it's coming forth onto this planet. And thank you for sharing that because um, so many women miss that 
relationship connection from the time from day one to nine months. They miss that connection to the child in the soul. I'm going to say the soul energy of that child and the father's role to support that woman in her breathing. I had my my husband was amazing in the support that he gave me in both. Uh, he was right there telling me to breathe, telling me to focus, and and and. I, I missed out on the focus of having communicating with the baby inside of me, but now I'm so aware of it that that's what I teach women is that very of the role that baby is playing. Like you just said, the struggle is real for that baby, but it's a divine struggle to bring that child into a new environment that will teach them other lessons other than the struggle, right? You know, there's a state, I think it's either Rhode Island or Massachusetts, the state law passed by the, the people and the women in the state was is that they pay when a woman conceives to have classical music, all the library books they need, all the studying and material of bringing that, that child into consciousness by that mother reading and listening to, to educational uh, tools, and that's very important because what you do, and this is why the African knew that when a woman conceives, it was the most important part. You do not create havoc in her life because it goes into that child. So it's the divine order of things that she's supposed to be pampered, she's supposed to be loved, she's supposed to be given affection because that's what that child is going to receive as it's growing. And if you're causing chaos and fighting and, and, and the thing that's happening with now is the cell phones and the, and the transmission of these frequencies, this is why these children are coming in, overstanding AI, but they're going to be damaged by the AI. And, and you've got I, – I, my first experience as a doula in the hospital with a mother, I was like the standby because the original doula had to take a break, and I had to go in and support her. This woman was on her cell phone while she was going through labor. While, and she was all so drugged up by the time I got there. They had given her drugs to hand. She couldn't handle the pain, quote. The, the father was asleep. At least the father was there. But this mother was such an example of unconscious uh, birthing experience that but when it came time to push that baby out, she got the support she needed so she didn't need a C-section. But, oh, my goodness, leading up to that point where she had to push, it was so uh, painful for even to watch. My last, my daughter, my last two children, no epidurals. We did not allow, did not take epidurals. She had natural birth because of the damage and, and, and what that happens when they do that is the tearing apart of women because they can't feel anything and they're ripped. They're being ripped apart. And the way that has to be is that gravity will do the natural work, not to be put on a horse, lay, lay it back and, and point it up, you're to point the woman down. Gravity will help pull that child forth. Gravity is the helper of that mother. That divine energy of gravity helps pull that child forth. This is why there was always squatting, birthing tears. Even in, in, in Egyptian 
uh, history, you can see the pictures of the birthing chairs. You, you go into a squat. You have women now doing these 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 poses and pictures. That's a birthing squat. That's not the the, the vulgarity that they putting it out there. Well, exactly. So here's the the thing. Before we go to the next break, I want your opinion on this. Um, black women have black and brown women, women uh, minority women in general have a higher mortality rate uh, in childbirth and as mothers even. And um, my um, observation of what is going on in this community is there is such a lack of support, number one, but there is also a dependence on the medical system. And so even Jenny Joseph, a very experienced, 40 years as a a midwife, even she uh, has used the word racism. As much as she has has brought solutions to this problem, she has has echoed or believes that part of the problem with minority women um, dying at lar- in larger numbers, more there's a higher mortality rate, is that she believes the system is racist. Now, my my viewpoint of that is totally unconscious, ignorant about the needs of women in this category or whatever, and women in the in the in the community. Uh, black community are not seeking, they're not seeking the support that they need to have a healthy, peaceful pregnancy. And that comes from education, partly, and it comes from uh, elders around that person uh, encouraging them to have support. And so there is a, there are many reasons why there's a higher mortality rate in the and I don't say it's only a racist system, but it's also neglect I think in the community because even a man who notices who has someone in his life who's pregnant can play a role of support to help that woman have a healthy pregnancy and not have the stress and emotions that cause this high mortality rate. So what do you what is your observation of why so many minority women are uh, at a higher rate of mortality in pregnancy first? Okay, and that's an excellent question. And the part of it is we have to go back and look at something. When we were in captivity, a child's birth, first breath was $300. They knew that 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 being that came from that womb was worth money because it was going to be used to help to create the economics. What happened after we became free? We became free. Yo, the women, this is why they had sterilization. This is why they created, uh, uh, what is it, Mary, not Miriam Sims, but Planned Parenthood. And creating this is because we were no longer a commodity. And this is the same thing that goes on today. Yes, it is racist because they do not – what Biden said in a, in a speech, he says, by 2040, the European is going – the European-American is going to be a minority, and every seven seconds there's a child born, and, and every 13 seconds there's, there's people leaving this planet, and they're leaving this turtle island, and they're becoming a minority. It is by design to – Stop the production 
of the first because the first is going to be, I mean, the last is going to be first, and the first will be last. So this is, yes, it's racist, but there's a divine power greater than this racism. And this is what we're talking about here by educating folks in this program for what you're doing, talking about women being able to support other women. Stop being, we, we get we used to have grandmother's lap time that the child would have and, and help to guide and direct that child. We don't have grandmother's lap time. We Grandmothers give laptops instead of giving lap time. Yeah, and here's and here's my another point I want to make. Um, now that we have these statistics about mortality rate and the history of what uh, a natural birth looked like a hundred years ago, why do you think the Creator of heaven and earth, the divine per- energy, allowed us to go through this very dark, ignorant period about birthing and and parenthood? Because we had to suffer what it is that we had to suffer through. The same thing we suffered when we came, when we were stolen and brought here. No, we could not communicate with each other in the holes of those ships. But the pain and misery, do you know that that's what they used to do with the women? They would put a hook in her tongue, raise her up on the mast, the pregnant woman, Cut the fetus out, of, cut the baby out of the woman, and stomp it in order to put fear into those those captives that they had standing there on the decks of those ships. This yeah, is by and design. I, I, yeah, and I look at it another karmic way. That's that's true as well as the karmic, the karmic reason I believe for this suffering and struggle is that we had a lot of ancestors, both native on this land who were doing some horrific violence to brother human beings, not just here. The tribes were killing each other and murdering and cutting off heads. And then the even in Africa, the same situation. So in, 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 on another uh, level, we've had a lot of violence within communities that had to suffer but- and experience the karmic uh, leftovers, if you will, of all that violence and hatred. And now we're at this beautiful place of waking up and doing things but differently. Even, even with that, there's a, there's a TikTok going around of four black women being there at Elamina Castle where the, the storage of the captives were, were done. Everybody goes there to reverence the ancestors. They went to the top of Elmina Castle and be, said, this is for the ancestors, and they started twerking. Filming themselves oh twerking God. on top of Elmina Castle where the ancestors died at and were taken of the, through the door of no return. That's disrespect to the ancestors. This is why we're seeing what's going on. This is why I said we need oasis. Our ancestor spirit is, in the, is on the planet. The thing that we have to do is is we got a lot of unemployed ancestors that we don't call on because we think that we are the divine gift. Absolutely. And and that example of the twerking is, uh, I think, a great example of how the ego has 
taken front and center stage in, in social media because, like you said, it's on TikTok. I mean, all the people looking at TikTok, and I refuse to join TikTok. I watch a lot of videos, and I'm not joining in on that party, that crazy party. But that's an example to me of how insane the ego and how popular the ego, as you said, edging God out has become in our society versus divine respect and and reverence for the human body, for our ancestors. And so we who are awakened and conscious recognize that that's why people are still suffering. That's why we have uh, still have the violence in our communities because there's that element of people who would twerk on a sacred site like that. And those who have are still into selfies and selfie and more selfies instead of transforming their minds and creating a new environment. So they're the leftovers, I think, of, of this movement that we have now. People really are waking up. And we still got this element of the third dimension acting uh, selfie, selfie, and twerking. And in their physical uh, element of I got to uh, promote me, 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 me. But that's so. So that's the drama. That's the political theater. That's the the uh, social drama that we are privy to watch and observe, and then move in our own mind to shift that energy, change that energy, and create a more conscious fourth fifth dimension. So uh, thank you so much, Kwame, uh, for bringing um, those that, to this topic of parenthood and partnership. And when we come back. Uh, we're going to talk about why um, why the medical system has to be ignored. I have a great audio from Dr. Sunil Dahan about their latest insanity in the medical system, how what they believe we should be paying attention to, and we should make this totally ignore the medical system because they're the reason today that women, minority women, are suffering and dying in pregnancy of all things. You would think we would have risen above that, but nope. As long as we are paying attention and, and actively participating in the medical system and their buffoonery, as Dr. Sunil says, then we're going to have suffering and confusion and death because that is exactly what they're promoting is death. So we'll be right back after this message. Thank you for uh, chiming in and being with us today. We'll be right back. I'm Viata, your Holistic Life Coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com and I'm Viato. about finances, family, health, job, 
relationships? Are you in pain? Do you feel stuck? (coughs) If you answered yes to any of these questions, help is available. Don't worry, you're not alone. It's part of the human process. You only feel this way because you haven't mastered the voices in your head. No hype, just down-to-earth, solid, workable tools and techniques that you can practice daily. It's really food for the soul, whether you want to learn how not to worry about anything, reverse type 2 diabetes, publish a book, promote your product or service, or just make extra money. To take advantage of the deal of the day, go to zeldaspeaks.com or call 312-409-6619. Mention promo code The Female Solution and get free shipping. That's ZeldaSpeaks.com or 312-409-6619. Stop worrying today. Visit ZeldaSpeaks.com.
You're almost blessed not to have health insurance because you don't buy into the same insane system that is not promoting partnership with the divine or your father, the father of the baby, or your sisters. How about a strong sisterhood? When a woman becomes pregnant, if the father's not around, you need a strong sisterhood. That's what the female solution uh, is all about. Naima Latif, our executive producer, wrote this book with the idea in mind to develop strong sisterhood, whether in a polygamous relationship or in general. That is the part of the key to having a healthy pregnancy is that you bring in the elders or women who are have the genuine love to see you um, go through this pregnancy with joy because you have been honored to have this woman or this child, this soul in your womb to help you become a parent then understand your role in partnership, divine partnership, and then later to let go of the the Uh, other. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just uh, share something because in each one of the pregnancies and things, every most women when they conceive and then the child is beginning, that the diet changes and they crave the food the soul inside of them wants to to nourish. Their cravings Absolutely. and their diet their 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 eating habit changes. Things that they used to like they don't like. Things that that watermelon, grapes, fruits, these were the cravings because that's what's inside of her is craving for. It's saying, feed me. The spirit is saying, feed me these things that come from nature. And and you're so right about that. I was a watermelon mama, pregnant with uh, my first son. I ate so much watermelon. It was coming. I mean, I think I must have been watermelon. I had such an appetite for watermelon. And I think partly because I was probably so dehydrated most of my life, not drinking enough water. But during that pregnancy, those hormones kick in, and they bring about the true appetite to nourish that life within you. So here, as I said, too many women are dependent on a medical system that is insane in many ways. So here's an, a little audio from Dr. Sunil uh, Dahan, my favorite conscious doctor, about the recent insanity that he, he believes they're promoting, that actually that he's, they're talking about something about weight and racism. So listen up, and let this be a reminder of your need to d- detach and let go. This is a season to let go, to let go of the medical. Hi, everyone. Dr. Thing. Sunil Dand, internal medicine physician. Welcome to another video. There has been a big announcement within the last couple of weeks from a major U.S. physician organization, the American Medical Association, regarding the use of a key measurement which has been in use for decades to gauge somebody's weight and their health risk. This is a measurement known as the body mass index. It is widely used, and this announcement was actually no great surprise to me. I was hearing mutterings about it for some time, and I believe that this announcement is as much driven by ideology and politics 
as it is about science and health. In fact, more driven by ideology and politics, because that is the era that we're now living in, where our scientific and medical institutions are completely captured by ideologues. Take a look at this story. So here's an alert I got in my inbox. Bye-bye BMI, new policy on healthy weight. U.S. Doctors Group adopts new policy on healthy weight assessment. The American Medical Association, AMA on Wednesday, said it will advise doctors to pay less attention to body mass index in determining if a patient is at a healthy weight, saying the measure does not predict disease risk equally well across racial and ethnic groups. BMI, a ratio of weight to height, has long been used to define underweight, normal weight, overweight, obesity, and morbid obesity, despite mounting evidence that it is an inaccurate predictor of health risks on an individual level. So what was a major reason for the American Medical Association to do this, to make this announcement? There have been issues with using BMI as a measurement due to its historical harm, and it's used for racist exclusion, the AMA said. Racist exclusion? Where did that come from? In its announcement on Wednesday, the AMA acknowledged that the BMI scale is based primarily on data from white people, while body shape and composition vary among racial and ethnic groups, genders and age groups. So an announcement like this, again, no great surprise to me because it sums up the stupidity of our current system and our current leadership. Let's talk first about the American Medical Association, which is a terrible organization. I would never send them any money in membership fees. To be quite frank, I would rather join my local Elvis is Alive club than join the American Medical Association and spend my money on them. All you have to do is go through the history books and read about their terrible history on being wrong on so many issues. So that's the first thing to say. Then let's talk about the body mass index as a measurement which is in wide use. Because yes, it's not perfect. Few things we do in medicine are perfect, but it gives you a good indication about somebody's body weight and their future health risk. How is BMI calculated? Well, it is the weight in kilograms, anybody's weight in kilograms, divided by their height in meters squared. And anyone can go online and plug in these numbers and come up with their own BMI. And in terms of how we use BMI to assess a healthy weight or not, a BMI of 20 to 25 is considered an ideal body weight, 25 to 30 is considered overweight, and more than 30 is obese. Is it perfect again? No, but most of the time it is very accurate. And it's so funny, when you dive into other statements regarding BMI, one of the reasons people give for not liking it is that people with excessive muscle mass, i.e. bodybuilders, don't have an accurate number. Of course they don't. Bodybuilders already know that. But walk around your average mall in the United States or your average Target or Walmart. How many bodybuilders do you actually see? This is an infinitely small percentage of the population. So to use that as a reason to abolish BMI, or one reason, is absolutely ludicrous. And we'll come to the race issue in a moment, but I want to talk more about the particular ideology and mindset that drives this sort of decision. To abolish BMI, which is actually a good predictor in most people and fairly accurate. This is the logic that pervades so many of our institutions nowadays, and it goes hand in hand with wokeism, let's be completely honest here, rather than address a problem, rather than face uncomfortable questions and dive into issues, get to root causes, even if the answers are uncomfortable, what do they do? Hey, 
let's just change the definition. Let's just sweep it under the carpet. Let's just change what everything means. Maybe that will make the problem go away. This sort of mindset is absolutely everywhere these days, and it is a complete logic fail. But let's come back to this race issue for a moment, because these are the very people who claim to care about racial issues and want to sort out racial inequalities. What could be more racist, in my opinion, than sweeping a problem like this under the carpet? Let's take statistics and actual numbers. Let's think about the African-American community in the United States. A few decades ago, the obesity rates were in the single figures. Now they are at astronomical levels. They are one of the worst hit communities by obesity rates and all of the chronic diseases that go with it, like type 2 diabetes, heart disease, other inflammatory diseases. According to latest statistics, over 80% of the African-American population in the United States is overweight or obese. In some areas, obesity rates, obesity rates, not overweight rates, obesity rates hit 50%. And you only need to look around and drive into some of these communities and see the catastrophic effect that this is having on children nowadays. And people are getting sicker and sicker. Authorities refuse to address the root causes, i.e., why are people having to eat terrible pro-inflammatory junk foods? Why don't you work to make real food more affordable? Why don't you work to educate people and have public health campaigns? But no, instead, let's blame the measurement. Let's abolish the BMI. Let's not talk about it. Let's let these poor people get sicker and sicker, sweep it under the carpet, and huge swathes of the establishment will profit off this. Because yes, that is ultimately what it's all about. This is why it is so sinister, this mindset. So I absolutely do not agree with abolishing BMI as a measurement. I'll say once more, it's not perfect, but it's a good measurement and a fairly accurate predictor in most people. But in the meantime, when we see policies like this, the first thing I think is, please get me a rocket ship off this planet. When we have leaders like this, when we have authorities who will never ever want to address uncomfortable questions and they will quietly let things slide, let problems get worse and worse and keep profiting off sickness. This is what this is all about in the end. That's all I've got to say about that. Thanks everyone for listening. Let me know your thoughts down below. Check out my online course and my uncensored platform. Those links are down below. Hit the like button if you like this video and the bell button for more. Dr. Sunil, S-U-N-E-E-L, Dahan, D-H-A-N-D. -D. I love his sarcasm. He says things with such a straight face, and it's like that's such an eye-opening truth that we need to be aware of and make better decisions. To claim racism for BMI is, again, playing the blame game. Blame, blame, blame. Blame this, blame that, instead of taking personal responsibility. And that's what we as a supportive community for women who decide to have children need to stop doing, stop blaming racism, stop blaming anything. In fact, uh, I, I can tell you from my marriage, my, my uh, spouse that I had for almost 40 years, loved his doctors. He loved the medical system. He had great insurance. And as he get, got bigger and bigger, his BMI changed uh, as over the years, and his doctor not never said anything to him about his weight. He would have a doctor's appointment because he had high blood pressure. Then he had di developed diabetes. 
And he, his, I said, well, what did your doctor say about your weight? Nothing. He didn't say a damn thing. All he did was wrote new prescriptions. And this, this man that I was married to thought this was a great doctor, a good doctor, that this is the type of relationship he wanted with his doctor. Just give him another prescription. And that's what uh, we're here to educate women about and men, that our role as parents, we have to or we should educate our children early about making decisions that are going to affect their BMI and then making decisions on whether you need to stay in a system, as Dr. Sunil pointed out, that is insane. How do you stop talking about over-obesity in the community where people are choosing more and more processed junk food? That's part of the problem, the obesity rate in the black community, is that Processed comfort food, processed comfort food is the choice of most Americans, not just black, but Americans in general. Most people would rather have comfort chips and dips and uh, meat and potatoes and french fries and hamburgers and all the other comfort foods, ice cream, cookies, sweets galore, instead of nourishing food. That's just the reality. And if we're going to raise healthy children, we have to at some point restrict them from eating all that junk food. Now, I did that as a mother. I did a lot of restricting. My kids hated me for it. They would go to their friend's house and eat the sugar because they didn't get it at my house. But here's what I realized. My two adult sons are very rarely sick. They might have a cold sniffle or something, but they have not had any major health problems. And I would have to attribute that to my decision to eliminate a lot of junk food and sugars when they were young. If you don't give them a strong foundation as children, (coughs) you're going to have children weak in their bodies and suffering with sickness and disease as they grow. And I'm seeing this in my grandchildren, unfortunately. They've had all kinds of health issues and problems. And now my granddaughter is starting to show some little overweight in her middle section because she loves bread and her parents feed her a lot of, let her eat a lot of junk food that I didn't allow. So what you're doing when you're allowing the junk food, and I know it's kind of an experiment with their, their parents, oh, just let them have this food, they'll be okay, because I didn't have it. You know, they feel neglected or or deprived of junk food when they were young, but their bodies are stronger, their immune systems are stronger. If you give those children a healthier, nutritious diet from birth to seven, eight, until they're out of control and they're at their kids, their friend's house eating all the sugar that the other parents are allowing, you're going to have more than likely a healthier adult or an adult that overcomes sickness quicker. Even when my uh, my two uh, spirit partners, son, two sons, have a, a, a disease or not a disease but a health challenge, they know what to do to get over it. Stop the drinking, get more vitamin C. And so that was my role as a parent in their youth, in their, in their infancy. Now, when you have adult children, it's time to let go, to let go and let the creator guide them, 
talk to them, help them to help your, your adult children develop a personal, close relationship with the cosmic energy, with the creator, divine, God, whatever you want to call that force that created them in the womb. That's what our role is as parents, letting go of the influential mommy role. I got to tell you what to do. I need to control you. That was me as a parent. I did what I thought I needed to do for my own emotional satisfaction, really. We do the controlling thing in their youth, mostly because we are um, feeling guilty or fearful. And that's where Dr. Um, Dr. Uh, what's her name? Let me see. I want to play for you um, Dr. Shafali Safari. She breaks it down, the mistake that parents make is comes down to fear. So let me play uh, Dr. Safali. Shafali, she's a, a registered psychiatrist, and she has many, many books on conscious parenting. That's where we are from birth to adult is conscious parenting, and then we let go of the role. But here's a quick three-minute uh, talk from Dr. Shafali on conscious, what, what the mistake parents make. Most of our reactivity towards our children comes out of fear. So what is one of the biggest mistakes that you see parents make that is a universal? I think that we operate out of fear. The greatest okay. mistake I believe parents make is that we are fear-based. And if we are really honest with ourselves, if we ask, am I saying this out of abundance? You know? <laughs> am I freaking out over my kid right now because I'm just coming out of abundance? <laughs> And I trust and I surrender? Or am I freaking out because I'm terrified my kid will be homeless and I will then feel terrible about myself? Oh. And that's the ultimate mm. knock. It's not how bad my kid's life will be, but how bad I'll feel that my kid's life is so bad. So that's why we all want our kids to be happy because we feel good. Mm. But just that goal of wanting your kid to be happy is so utopic and so silly, really. But so cultural, like you even hear that. Like, what, what, what do you want for the atypical spirit, spiritual touch? Yeah. What do you want for your child? Well, I don't care what they don't do as long as they're as long as they're happy. happy. Yeah, yeah, and I don't say I don't. I, wow. I may say it if I, you yeah. know, if I've fallen into some stupor yeah. of culture. Yeah. But most typically, I won't even use that word yeah, because I know that I don't really want that for my kid because yeah. that's impossible to want. Yeah. I want my kid to live. Their, her life, her, their their authentic yeah, life. Wow. And if their life happens to be one where they are, you know, being ravaged by storms or tsunamis or, you know, dealing in a, with depression. Dealing with depression. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to yeah. make her feel like, oh, she's just wasted her whole life. Damn, I failed. Yeah, I failed. Yeah. yeah. You, you, your whole life is a yeah. cross. Cross it out. Wow. It's, do we live authentically or do we try to be happy? You know, and I want to be authentic. So if I'm crying all day, like say even today, if yeah. I if I cried all day, I won't look at it as a bad day. Mm. I look at it as a as an intelligently authentic day. I obviously had reason to cry, and I cried, and I and then I'm happy another day. And that's a, that day, and then another day is is a dissatisfied kind of bored day. Then that's that day. Mm. You know, I don't take any of it seriously. Really, yeah. the happiness I know it's very fleeting, and so is the sadness. So I'll cry, big deal. And so I'll be happy, big deal. None of it really touches the core of who I am, which yeah. is just presence, right? We yeah. are ultimately just 
beings who are here. We've put all this pressure on ourselves to be happy mm. and then to be successful and then to go to this kind of college and then to have this kind of job and look this certain way. And we don't accept ourselves and we, we loathe ourselves really and then we loathe our lives and we compare ourselves to other yardsticks and we mm. are miserable. And so the only antidote is radical acceptance. You know, Tara Brach has this beautiful book called Radical Acceptance. Yeah. That's the only answer is radical authenticity, radical acceptance, radical and honesty, radical honesty yeah. and radically not giving a, two, two Fs about anything else. opinion and view of Dr. Shafali, uh, let's see, Sabari. She's a great motivated speaker, and she wrote a book called Conscious Parenting. And that's where we are in this season of uh, statistics about mortality rates and pregnancy and moving into a sole partnership with our adult children. Uh, our executive producer has some comments here uh, Naima says, um, yes, Earth is a school where lessons are learned by experiencing opposites. We learn love and compassion, seeing hatred and cruelty. And that's so true. And, and we want our children to have those experiences and be there as they get older as support. We're not going to be able to wipe the boogers and the tears from their face when they're 20 and 20, 30 years old. It's time, at that time, we want to be available if they ask for our opinion or our advice. And Naima says, we have to look at the emotional reasons behind overeating. It's the absence of love. Absolutely. Most of the people who grow up um, obese uh, have not had or, or just uh, addicted to food. Uh, they have not had the love in their childhood that replaces the food need they have to comfort them. And our Monday morning mindfulness host, Velda, says, Grand Rising emotional eating had become a way of life for many. Never a good choice. Absolutely, because we replace the love in our life with food. I, I was a, a binge eater while living with an alcoholic mother as a teenager, and I just stuffed my face with Almond Joys and uh, pea, uh, butter pecan ice cream and all of that to replace the lack of love and nurturing that my mother could not give me. And so I see that absolutely, especially if you have children who have been through a divorce of their parents. Oh, my goodness. You're going to have so many emotional signs that they're in pain, that they're angry, uh, that they have not um, really uh, processed that divorce, especially when that divorce happens to a two-year-old and a four-year-old in the case of my grandchildren. Lots of emotional things going on with those children when they have experienced separation of their parents household and all that and that's what I'm dealing with as a grandparent is overstanding the emotional uh, process that these children are going through because their parents couldn't get along the parents decided to divorce and I my divorce came when my children were older I uh, intentionally put off 
separating from this man that I knew I was no longer compatible with, um, thinking about, I don't want these children to go through this divorce. And so I put it off, put it off, put it off until, eh, one was away at college, one was going to a new college. They were in, the, I think, in their 20s uh, when my divorce happened. So it's a conscious choice uh, or it's a selfish choice to leave a man if he's abusive, by all means, you can't stay in a relationship for your psyche, for your uh, health. You don't stay in abusive relationships, verbal, physical. That is a no, 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 no. No, don't stay in abusive because then you become affected by that, and then you can't be the, the mother or father or parent that that child needs in their early years. But if there's no physical abuse, and very little verbal abuse, because I think we all go through verbal abuse in a relationship if the partner has not healed their childhood wounds, their adverse childhood experiences. If they haven't healed, you're going to have abuse, verbal abuse, and triggers, triggers, which I love. Triggers are good signs. They're very good signs to help you Ask, why am I being triggered? What is it in my subconscious memory? What is it in my childhood I haven't healed that I'm still being triggered by this that takes me out of my peace and out of my joy? And uh, Velda says, almond joy and butterflies. <laughs> my favorites. I knew you were my sister from another mystic. Yes, indeedy. That was popular. In fact, I told my children, I have eaten every popular candy bar that was ever made. I've done it. In my childhood, if I had money, uh, whether it was Reese's Buttercups, how about that one? Reese's Buttercups, Almond Joy, I could go down the list of candy bars that I've eaten, uh, uh, jelly, all of them. I've eaten them all because that was my comfort food. And uh, from not having the love from a mother who was addicted to a substance called alcohol. But I survived it, and now I'm sharing that experience with you that you might become more conscious to assist, to assist other women and men who are struggling in the area of pregnancy, parenthood, and especially coming out of the role of parent into partnership. This is so important. This is our season to recognize um, to recognize our role in with our adult children is not one of parent anymore. We let go, let go. A friend of mine who was in such grief this week about her son who got married, didn't tell her, and she didn't like it. It was going. She was going on and on and on. And I was just listening to her for a while, shaking my head. Like, and I finally said, listen, honey, you're not his parent anymore. If he's marrying a woman and living off in another state, you need, you're the one with the, that has the problem, not him. If he doesn't call you or talk to you, this is a, a listen to this now, brothers and sisters. If you have children who do not call you or contact you, not you. It's not about you. It's about their uh, their drama, trauma that they had as a child and even as a young adult that they are not able to consciously show love to you and comfort you as a parent. You, it's your job to heal you. 
and leave the children, the adult children, to the creator, to the divine healing energy that they were meant to have in an adult relationship. Personal relationship with creator is the rule now for your adult children. Help them, help them develop. They come to you and say, well, mom, what do you think, blah, blah, blah. I would, I would ask them, well, what does your creator think? What is your divine uh, uh, relationship with the parent? Now, if you're in the studio, I have a, someone with their hand up. If you're in the studio and you have a question, please press 1. Or if you have a comment, press 1. I'd love to hear from you in this last half hour about your relationship with yourself, first of all, the partnership you have with yourself, and then the partnership you have with the creator and your children. Are you promoting a spiritual partnership with the divine and your adult children, or are you still trying to control their lives? That's where you're not going to have health and peace uh, if you're still trying to control your, your adult children's lives instead of promoting a relationship, partnership with the creator. Uh, we, I think I missed the break, the last break. I'm going to play one commercial, and um, then we'll be right back uh, after these messages. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Join me and my co-host, Kareem Hamid, every Wednesday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on the Female Solution Radio Show as we explore that relationship that is the foundation for our society, the relationship between men and women, husbands and wives. Join our discussion as we seek to repair broken family ties and rebuild our community. Listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com slash the-female-solution. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to our host. Or you can join us live on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash the-female-solution. We got about uh, 15 minutes left, so thank you for uh, raising your hand. Remember, press one if you're in the studio and you'd like to comment. Just press the number one. I'll see your hand raised and I'll open your mic, and you can share your experience as a parent or wife, sister, brother, whatever. We want to encourage women and men to make the shift from parent to soul partnership if they have adult children. Or if they're still in childbearing age, we want to encourage women and men to encourage letting go of a medical system that is not serving you the way the creator uh, intended for you to be served when you're carrying a new soul in in your womb. We want to encourage women and men to develop a partnership with a doula or a midwife there are in every city, I assure you, there are doers and midwives. Those people are more compassionate, more educating, and, and more um, conscious for your well being than a medical system that is meant to profit, is wanting to profit off of you. So we encourage you to find doers, midwives in your, in your community, and do your own homework. 
and start looking not that you are alone. If you don't have a father in the picture, you're not alone. You're not alone. The creator has a plan to bring forth that life in you. And all you need to do is find a support system. It's everywhere. And we're here to encourage that. So let me open the mic of, let's see, 336-350, Mama AZ, your mic is open. You press grand, one. Grand, grand, grand rising. Can you hear me, Dr. D? Uh, yeah, speak up. We can hear you. Go ahead. Grand Risings, everybody. Thank you, Dr. V, for opening up my line. I'm here at, at Camp U-Haul breaking down my camp, and I'm grateful that I'm not in the Hooskow. Uh Yesterday was very interesting, but let me get to the point. When I was in, let me see, fourth grade, I weighed 200 and 40 pounds. Whoa. I mean, yeah, 240 pounds back there in Arizona or here in Arizona. Back then, they uh, you put your weight, the, uh, they put your weight, they weighed you. It went home on your report card. I don't know if anybody else uh, has ever uh, had that done in their grammar school, but that's never, what they did. Never heard of it. This is the first. They weighed you in fourth grade and put it on your report card? Oh, they weighed wow. you from uh, all, I mean, all grades, um, Dr. V. Wow. I, I'm not kidding you. Grammar, uh, grammar school, the lower grades, I think even in kindergarten they did that here in Phoenix, Arizona, or there in Phoenix, Arizona. And I, I just realized the trauma because my parents had, uh, they built bootlegger houses like uh, juke joints. My dad was a builder. And they had a lot of people over, and I would get molested. So uh, just listening to you today, it occurred to me that I put that weight on as protection. And, God, even at 71, family, I turned 71 Saturday, last Saturday, and through your show and Dr. Deb's show, Dr. Debbie's show, I appreciate this platform that Dr. Latif, you have created. And I'm sure a lot of other people are so grateful to have the knowledge is rolling through uh, so that they can understand better. And, and uh, my daughter... My firstborn doesn't connect. And through Dr. Deb's show, I learned some things. And you're right. If your children don't give a, uh, don't, don't say anything, it's not you, family. It's their perspective of how I took my children everywhere. They, they were so mannerable, uh, even college courses for my daughter, my my youngest daughter, they would allow her to attend everywhere, Jacksonville, everywhere I went. They would let her attend because she was so mannerable, and they would give her assignments, you see. So, it, it's you know, you do the best that you can, and it's their perception. My oldest she didn't she had trauma her her dad uh, when when i was carrying her 
put, will pull a gun on my and, and I and I'm finding out she heard that. She she heard that in my womb. She heard that and all the other traumas being pushed out of the car when you're rolling. You know, it's just crazy. So people be mindful. Don't beat up on yourself. You did the best that you could with the knowledges that you had. And we must learn to take care of us. Thank us, Dr. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's such a beautiful testimony, Mama AZ, about childhood traumas and relationships that were not perfect. There's a, a psychiatrist on YouTube who talks a lot about narcissism, and his his line is always, we had perfectly imperfect parents, all of us. And I said that to uh, one of our listeners, oh, I had perfect parents. I'm like, you're an exception, honey, believe it. Most of us had perfectly imperfect parents, guardians, whatever. And so here we are, time healing, time for healing. Thank you, uh, Mama AZ, because uh, your daughter, just like um, uh, this friend of mine who was in grief about her son who married a woman she didn't like, blah, blah, blah. And she said, I've been repenting and uh, sackcloth and ashes. I'm like, honey, don't waste your time. You don't have to be doing all that religious stuff. You did the best you could with what you had as a parent. Don't carry guilt and shame. That's not what we don't want to do in this season. We want to let go of the guilt and shame, let go of those experiences that made you feel horrible, let go and let's start healing together. Bring in the essential yes. oils, yes. bring in the prayer, bring in the breath work, breath work, breath work. Bring in all the positive, go to the tree. Let that no guilt and shame, no more repenting and sackcloth and ashes for the the terrible job you did as a parent or what you thought. At least there were you were present, good or bad. Now it's your children's responsibility to wake up and become conscious of the imperfect parenting that they experienced, like all of us, <laughs> all of us. Doctor V, and I like. May, yeah, go ahead. May I say something else? Okay, peppermint. I had to use my essential oil peppermint. And uh, a lot of things going on, family. But, you know, we need to have a show. We already got, I think we're going to have a show about uh, alcohol fetal syndrome. We really need to have a show on this topic, uh, uh, what we're talking about now. So just yeah, put that in yeah. your pipe and drum smoke on it. Thank us. Oh. Dr. Debbie is going to is going to do some work on that, but I think just for a little humor, Zelda mentioned all the candy bars we experienced as children that made us into the comfort food eaters that we were: Milky Way, Snickers bar, Butterfinger, Mint Julep, Watermelon Hard Candy. Yes, my favorite: chocolate chip cookies, etc. You name it, we ate it. And the the, the reality is. The food system provided plenty of comfort, food, sugar for us to drown ourselves in and create these unconscious adolescents and very sick children in many cases. So let me keep going. We've got people in the studio who press 1, uh, 312-597. Your mic is open. Welcome. Uh, thank you. This is uh, Koofy James. Koofy James, welcome. 
Right. The kufi means it's a uh, kufi hat, uh, your crown, um, a spiritual uh, universal connection. You know, I, 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 I understand the world narrative. You know, this, this word narcissism just popped up probably, what, nine months ago. I get it. You know, this word trauma just popped up probably three months ago. I get it. But let me tell you what I found. These people are colonizers. They think that they, well, not think. They know that they created a lot of us. Okay? I tell people, you didn't come from Africa. Where I come from? You came from the breeding farms. That's where you started. <laughs> okay? And they feel the need to feed you, house you, close you. Because you can't take care of yourself. Okay? That's real. But let me tell you, when I was a child, and I found out one of my first dreams I had, uh, I dreamed about uh, uh, Godzilla, the gorilla, whatever it was, Saving the nurse or whatever, I was attracted to the nurse in the hospital, and and the, the the gorilla came in and took the woman from me. I started realizing there was another reality that I can go to. Okay, I didn't have to come out the house. When I came out the house, I saw a whole another reality. My dream world. There's two worlds: this physical world, and then there's a dream world. Where I dream about great, awesome things. I've seen extraterrestrials. I've met Marvin Gaye. I've met my grandfather. I met my grandmama. I wake up in such peace. That is the afterworld in our dream. That's why they say rest in peace. Okay? So I just want to give people an escape. You don't have to escape with drugs. You don't have to escape with uh, 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 alcohol. A baby escapes. You know how the little baby escapes when they go to sleep? There is another world. It's called lucid dreaming. You can actually know you're dreaming. There is another world that's in our dream sleep. And... I, you can control it before you go to sleep. You can dictate what you're going to dream. That is another world that no one can, that you can't control. We can't control maybe this world. This world is trying to control us. This new system of digital economics and people throwing all these kind of narratives and stuff. I, I laugh at it. They say, man, James, nothing can get to you. I say, you know why? Because I know you're trying to get to there's two people there's two type of there's two type of beings in the world. Okay? I call them predators or peacemakers. Which one are you? That's See? a good one. I got, I, 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 oh, yeah. Predators or peacemaker. Those are the two right. people those are the two beings that I have established, that's my thing, <laughs> in the world. All right. Well so, cool we got a that I want to get in. We only have a few minutes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that because we're all having this experience 
of, of observing people's behavior, and then we put labels on it, that's uh, narcissistic, that's controlling, uh, that's crazy, that's there, that's this. But in the, the bottom line is uh, compassion, love is the key. Love is the key. We, have, we need to show more love, compassion, and wisdom these days because there's so many systems, like the medical system, that is trying to influence behavior in a, a very negative, harmful way. And my sister Zelda, uh, uh, again, has a comment about how she, she was the result of all those Milky Ways, Snickers bars, Butterfingers, uh, was she became diabetic. So she has a free download, How I Reverse Type 2 Diabetes, Higher Learning Network. Remember, you. That's enough. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, and the, the and Louise Hay actually says the root, the metaphysical cause of diabetes is um, longing for what might have been, a great need to control, deep sorrow, and no sweetness left. So that's how we uh, label diabetics as having a sweet tooth. Because they their life is doesn't have sweetness in it. So thank you, Zelda, for putting it in writing. How you overcame that, and that's what we need to do is read material uh, of people who overcame something, or listen to uh, podcasts of people sharing their experience on how they overcome. And that's what we do on the Female Solution. Well, none of us are perfect, but we're sharing how we overcome. And I've overcome the need to control my children, my adult children, and control, 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 which is all what narcissism really is. It's con- you have to control everything. And I've been to a soulful, spiritual partnership that has brought me peace and health because I'm not fretting about these spirits that I or souls that I brought into the world. So 312-833, you're the last caller. You've got about 30 seconds. Uh, go ahead with your comment. Well, in your shalom, assalamu alaikum, and grand rising to you, Dr. B. Thank you so much, my brother, Minister Plump from Chicago, Illinois, for uh, uh, sharing with us because I know God cares and you cares. We have to let go and let God and be for real with ourselves and discover the most important person it is living, and that is you and in your heart. Uh, we love God because God first loved us. Because I only have those a few moments, I thank you for all that you do, and thank God for the female solution too, Minister Trump, Chicago, Illinois. And do your music. Keep doing your music. That is a uh, a uh, opportunity for peace, love, unity, marketing people. Trump. Hallelujah. That's right. Come to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archive at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the dash female dash solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash the female solution. Leave your comments about today's show. 
You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsamida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kujung, France, Merci. Spain, gracias. Italy, grazie. Egypt, shukran. Ghana, medasi. Nigeria, eshe. South Africa, ngiabonga. Senegal, jaret. Kenya, asante. Israel, toda. Pakistan, shukriya. Afghanistan. Tashakur, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you. And may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings. See you later.